NBA edition, getting you ready for the 2023-2024 NBA campaign. It's your boy, Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, Jonas Snader, and the good doctor, Steve Alexander. Dr. A, good program today, getting you ready. And we talk about, we're going to be speaking about what could be the best division in the NBA, the Pacific Division. It features the Phoenix Suns, the Los Angeles Lakers, Golden State Warriors, Clippers, and Kings, all teams with win totals in the 40s. <laughs> with the Phoenix Suns being the team that's most likely to win the division. So we'll get in there and break down the Pacific Division for you. First, let's get to the particulars. Dr. A, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's happening? Uh, my son got his driver's license yesterday. Nice. Oh, well. Hopefully there's not a lot more yelling going on, but uh, we did we did run over. We backed over uh, four orange cones, okay. and uh, they didn't charge me for them. <laughs> and somehow somehow they still passed uh passed him but it was it was close it was touch and go Corey. It was there to you go. go i've i've been there you know what i'm saying but successful on my first attempt jonas how about your first attempt uh yeah i passed my first attempt but the the dmv ladies were extremely generous like we did this backup test where it's like you have to look over your shoulder and I wasn't told that wasn't on the test because I didn't pay attention in DMV. It was one of those like license to drive scenes. You know what I mean? So yeah. they let me do it three or four times. I learned on the fly. But yeah, it was pretty embarrassing the first time. I kind of ran off the road. Yeah. So I had one hand on the steering wheel. The lady was like, if you don't put both hands on the steering wheel, we're going to have to go back, son. And I was like, oh, my bad. So anyway, that was it. Now, these teams that we're talking about today, they got both hands on the steering wheel. They specifically did last season. Kings were a playoff team. The Clippers were in the mix. The Golden State Warriors, the Lakers ran it all the way to the conference finals. The Suns come into this season as one of the teams people think uh, can actually win the Western Conference. Joe, I want to start with the Kings. 45, 44 and a half is the win total. Rebound season last year, light the beam. De'Aaron Fox and the crew put it together, got the right head coach in there, gave the Golden State Warriors a scare in the playoffs. What do we think about the Phoenix Suns coming into this year? I mean, excuse me, the Sacramento Kings and their fantasy aspects coming into this season. Is De'Aaron Fox a top fantasy asset? Yes, I like the Kings this year. I mean, I'm not a betting guy, but if I had to bet, I would probably bet the over because it all starts with De'Aaron Fox, right? We've been waiting for the Kings to play downhill for years, and last year we finally saw it. Mike Brown brought a culture change to the program. Uh, Sabonis made that next leap as a player. And they have so many good rotation players around them, too. I mean, Kevin Huerter just going lights out from deep at the end of the year. Um, I like the Kings. And as far as fancy value, Aaron Fox has established himself as that, like that late third round, maybe early fourth round guy. And previously, we were talking about him in the fifth and sixth round because of so many you know, inefficiencies. But now his free throw percentage is improving. His field goal percentage is improving. Better three-point shooter. He's just putting it all together and... He's durable, too. So I like De'Aaron Fox a lot this year. Yeah, I'm a big De'Aaron Fox guy, Doc. But you know what? I like a lot of the pieces on this team. What are we looking at when we look at the Sacramento Kings? Well, I, I'm with you. I've got – I like a lot of the pieces here. I think it's 
a luxury for them to have a guy like Davion Mitchell just chilling on the bench, waiting to yeah. spell De'Aaron Fox. Uh, their whole bench, you know, Alex Lynn, solid big man backup. Uh, Sabonis is is going at the end of round one in a lot of fantasy leagues. Demonis Sabonis doesn't get a lot of pub and a lot of hype that other big men get, but he's he's a uh, well-rounded fantasy center and. Um, I, I, Doc, is that is that is that ADP right on Sabonis? Is that correct? What'd you say? That end of the first round ADP on Sabonis. Oh yeah, I mean correct? I I don't have the exact ADP number no, in front I of have me. But I mean he, his, his ADP. I'll, I'll I'll stop. His ADP is like early second round, but like Doc's saying, he has gone in the first round in a couple of drafts that we've seen. I feel like he's ranked around ten to fifteen in in most of the rankings that I've seen. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty high. Uh, I'm not sure I'm taking Sabonis with like the 12th pick, but middle of the second round, I, I'm I'm down. Uh, we need to see Keegan Murray take a step this year. Like he That's what... he's been disappointing, and uh, he needs to step up and, and really show out this year. Harrison Barnes just will never go away, right? The guy's like 42 years old. He's still out there banging threes and and crashing the boards, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, De'Aaron Fox is the engine that drives this team. Uh, he, he's he had a great year last year, and like Jonas said, running downhill. Uh, the Kings were, in my opinion, the the most exciting story in the NBA last year. Uh, like the beam became a standard catchphrase across the league. It became kind of took over the world there for a little bit, and. Uh, they all those guys gained a lot of confidence next year, so I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do this year. Maybe they can go a little deeper in the playoffs. Yeah, I want to mention Keegan real quick too before going to another team. Uh, last year, 41% on catch and shoot threes, like he's just lights out from deep. Um, the big thing with him is the usage hasn't been there yet, but we've seen what he can do with the ball in his hands. Like the last two summer leagues, he's been one of the best players right in Vegas. So, like, if he gets a bigger role this year and they kind of dial back Harrison Barnes just a bit. I think Keegan Murray's going to have a big year. And plus, his steal and block race in college, if they translate now, like last year they were okay, but if they translate a little bit higher, we have a real player in our hands. So, like, I'm, it was, that's why I was kind of, like, shocked the, the, for, for Doc to say that now. You got to understand, like, I'm coming from a a world of ATS and a world of, of, of player props. And when I see that three at one and a half, I'm hitting over on that just about every night. Yeah. And that just about cash is just about every night. So what is it? What is it that's not adding up for fantasy, Doc? Well, I mean, he just didn't come out of the gates last year like we thought he was going to. And he, he we okay. really thought <clears throat> we really thought he was going to be in the running for rookie of the year. We thought he was going to be putting up big numbers. But I mean, 12 points, less than five boards, half a block, less than a steal. Uh, Three-pointers, he was great. 2.6 triples a game. Uh, like you said, that's going to cash. The rest of it was just sort of there. And, uh, you know, he's getting 30 minutes a night and only scoring 12 points with four and a half boards. That's as far as an all-across-the-board fantasy player. He just didn't get it done. But okay, like Jonas said, the, the talent is there. And I, I think if you, if you want to take a sleeper, in the 10th, 11th, 12th round of your draft, I think taking Keegan Murray and banking on a breakout season is not a bad idea. 
I got a little Keegan Murray card right here. Oh, right, I love that. With the, the jersey patch in it. Yeah. Love that. That is lovely. Anybody uh, else, Jonas, that we should be keeping an eye on later around, guys, on the Sacramento King Ross? I, I, you know, I think my sister may have went to school with Harrison Barnes. That's how long he's been in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have to say uh, Malik Monk had a terrific year. It just doesn't yeah. translate to fantasy too much because he's kind of low in the peripheral stats. But, man, he was amazing last year. So, What about, like, Chris Duarte and, and, and stuff like that? It's, it's nothing there. There's just too much usage soaked up by Sabonis, Fox. There's just too many guys right now. So too many cooks. I like Duarte. Now. I'm kind of sad he's not a pacer anymore. Uh, I, I think he's a good guy for them to have on their bench in reality, but fantasy wise, there's there's nothing there. Nothing there. All right, cool. Um, the Los Angeles Clippers have a win total of 46 and a half. This is one of the most. This is the thing that really did not ever supposed that was supposed to work out. It looked like it was going to work out, and then obviously they go into the bubble, and that team did not want to compete in the bubble. It seemed like that was the case with for them. They haven't really been able to get back on footing ever since. Obviously, we know Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. We always know of what this team could be or what they think they can be. You know what I'm saying? When you got up, but you got guys like Terrence Mann and Bones Holland and Kmart Jr. and Norman Powell and places like this. And I forgot about Russell Westbrook and Zubak. And it seemed like there's a lot of names that could be relevant for fantasy. Right on this team, as far as the win total goes, I'm probably never going to go over 46 and a half. It was interesting to see Kawhi Leonard actually opened up and talk about this this load management thing ain't about me. I was hurt that entire season. So it kind of like kind of took a shot back at the NBA, I guess, would kind of make him the face of load management. But what happened when you was hiding in New York <laughs> when, the, when yeah. the, in the Spurs situation? Like, was that load management too? But I don't want to get into all of that with Kawhi. And his family members, you know what I'm saying, and how they run in his career. That's his <laughs> business. He is a champion, Doc. But uh, give me your thoughts on the Los Angeles Clippers and what they can do for fantasy rosters. I mean, this is a disaster waiting to happen, in my opinion. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, most NBA fans can't pick Avica Zubac out of a lineup, right? So yeah. that's their starting center. Nick Batum is older than your sister and Kawhi Leonard. I mean, <laughs> oh, this tell was, was a joke, dude. Harrison <laughs> Barnes and your sister. <laughs> like, Batum was two classes ahead of Harrison Barnes and your sister. He's been in the league for as long as I've been doing this. You got Kawhi Leonard, who's like, I don't care what, what rules you put in place. It's not going to make me play any more games. You know, I am the godfather of load management, and nobody's going to stop me from being load managed because that's what I do. Like, I have – no use for Kawhi Leonard on my fantasy teams. I'm not doing it. I'm not messing with him. Yes, he won a championship in Toronto, whatever. And his, his little brother, Paul George, is basically the same thing. Like, when, when – how can you rely on either one of those guys to ever be in your fantasy lineup? And then this whole crazy train is driven by Russell Westbrook. Uh It's like a – this is like a, like an Ozzy Osbourne song come to life in a basketball team that's a good way to put it i know what it with the with the, yeah with the with the osby well yeah that that was that was good right there um but if they were doing joe a, a fantasy league of nba podcasters i think <laughs> podcast p would probably be up at the top but when you look at what's going on on the court it's a little bit different isn't it yeah but it's not really their fault right they've had some of the worst injury luck 
like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard together, like they've played what, like 50, 60, 30, 40, 30, you know what I mean? Like really, really low games per year. They've never really been a hundred percent, you know, when it mattered the most. And it's a shame too, because like, if you're telling me that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are healthy for a playoff game, they can beat anybody. Right. That's just the truth. Um, but you got to think Kawhi Leonard's over under for games played is probably going to be around 60. Right. And if you're in a head-to-head fantasy league and you're in the fantasy playoffs, he's just not reliable. He hasn't been reliable since San Antonio. So for me, I'm not looking at him till the fourth or fifth round. Paul George is about the third round because yes, he's injured. He's like an injury risk, but not nearly as much as Kawhi. Um, I think the big thing with the Clippers is who's going to start at the four, right? Nicholas Batum has already said he wants to come off the bench. Marcus Morris wasn't invited to off-season workouts. Like he's being exiled there. That's hilarious. <laughs> but they have Robert Covington there. He wasn't used at all last year. And I think it was someone in the athletic mentioned that Covington is a legit chance to start. And we've seen Covington in fantasy. He's a beast. So in preseason, I'm looking at that starting power forward role. It's either going to be Robert Covington. And then you got a deep sleeper, Kenyon Martin Jr. Just an athletic freak, jump out of the gym, can do a little bit of everything too. So I'm watching Covington and I'm watching Kenyon Martin Jr. And then we have to consider though, the James Harden saga. Like if he's going to get traded, he's going to be here. Jonas, I'm not letting you sucker me into falling for Robert Covington. I'm not. Doing yeah, that. just watch. That's all you got to do. Just watch. I mean, I actually, Doc, my question, I was going to come back to you and go, I was going to ask you, what about the guys like uh, Covington and, and Kmart Jr.? But I think it's a job that's been done already. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. What's up, Doc? <laughs> Kmart, uh, Kmart, I like. I can get behind Kmart. I, Covington, I feel like that ship sailed about three years ago, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> all right. There you go. Covington. And you know it was funny. Speaking of Kawhi, I remember, I remember watching the when they when they won. I think what was that? We 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 may have been. I think we were in D.C. for my son's high school graduation. We were all sitting around the hotel when the, when the, when the, when they uh, won the finals when they clinched. And I remember when Kawhi Leonard came to the podium, and when he sat down, he said, "Ah," and I thought to myself, "I think this may be it for this guy." Like, he had the look on the face of, I just gave everything. We won a championship. And he really hasn't been anything since. I think it's over for Kawhi Leonard. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I think if you can get him healthy, like you said, Joe, if they can be healthy coming into a playoffs, I think they can be live. But by that time, but they're not going to be a top four seed in the West. Right. Yeah, and I get it too. Like I had a lot of injuries when I was like 19, 20, and I was mentally just done. I can't imagine Kawhi, you know, what yeah. he's gone through. He's had five or six years where he just hasn't played much at all. So I get it, man. He's already won the championship a couple of times. Like I get it, but this could be like one of the winners, sorry, his first or second last dance. Um yeah. they're gonna do it. This is kind of the year because they're at that, you know, that window. They're 33, 34 years old. This is now or never for them. So yeah, no more big contracts coming for these guys. And, you know, right. maybe, who knows? Maybe they win the play-in tournament. I mean, the, maybe they win the in-season tournament. Yeah. I, Joe, I love this in-season tournament idea. Nobody else is really getting behind it but me right Yeah, Corey, now. you may have to meet with me offline and, and break that down for me <laughs> and, and tell me why you're excited about it and then get me pumped about it because I, okay. I still haven't even checked it I'll out. Figure it out. I like I like the group play aspect of it, and then it's, it's that Saturday night when nothing's on TV. It's a championship. Oh, we will, we'll discuss it offline. <laughs> uh, the Golden State Warriors, Dub Dynasty, Dub Nation, couldn't get it done last year. I remember telling somebody uh, during the season last year, when a team is bad on the road, it's either one or two things. 
they're young and they have plenty of money. That's why the Memphis Grizzlies were bad on the road last year. And the second thing is, it's a team that's not connected. And I kept telling people, this Golden State Warrior road record, the win total this year is 45, 47 and a half. I'd never take the over on a team that don't need to win this many games to win a championship. So when they got into it, right, I kept saying, man, this team is not connected. That fight, they haven't recovered from that fight. There's a split in this team because when they go on the road, you can tell they're separate units. So what was so interesting, right, as soon as the season's over, Steve Kerr came to the podium and said, we never recovered after the fight. And I was like, I knew it, right? And then they made the decision to go with the championship core and bring back Draymond Green, ignore the youth and, and talent in Jordan Poole, and send him out. So now they're saying, okay, well, we're going at it with the championship core. The general manager also leaves too, which I found to be intriguing after that as well. Joe, am I going the right way with the Golden State Warriors? This is a, obviously this is the championship caliber team. You know, we're, we're here to talk fantasy, but give me your thoughts on 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 the dub on on Dub Nation. Well, it's kind of a mess, right? They kind of got rid of Jordan Poole for pennies on the dollar, right? You trade for Chris Paul, who's what thirty eight, going on thirty nine. Uh, how much does he have left in the tank? Draymond Green looks finished, right? You can just tell by his steal and block numbers of the last couple years. His shot has gotten extremely worrisome, right? Uh, teams have been sagging off him at the free throw line for the last three years. He's just a total zero. Then you bring in Chris Paul. So what's Draymond going to do on offense now, right? You just neutralize Draymond's best asset, which is passing. What is he going to do on the court now? You know, he just takes up space. So this roster just looks bad on paper in terms of fit. But I will say, I do think I, I do see a deep sleeper on this team. Jonathan Kuminga, right? Steve Kerr sounded done with him last year, but he's just one of the most athletic forwards in the NBA. And now suddenly you have Chris Paul and Steph Curry feeding him, and they don't have any front court depth. Like Kevin Looney's not playing 82 games again, right? That's just not happening. I think Kuminga is a very deep sleeper if he buys in. That's interesting right there. Doc, what's your thoughts on the Golden State Warriors? Uh, kind of messy. I don't know what they're doing with Chris Paul and Steph Curry out there together. Uh, that's going to be pretty intriguing to watch. And somebody that no one has mentioned yet is Andrew Wiggins. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, he started in the All-Star game to everybody's shock. Um, steal a game, block a game, couple threes a game, good rebounder. Good numbers across the board. He was injured last year. He had personal issues last year. He only played in 30-something games. He comes back and plays a whole season. Uh, that is a 10th-round guy that can can get you dubs in fantasy. So I really like Wiggins as a sleeper this year. Just, I just think people are, are sleeping on him, literally. And then to Jonas's point, Draymond Green and Kevin Looney not going to be out there every night. I, I hope that Steve Kerr is okay with Jonathan Kuminga because I love Jonathan Kuminga and I I would love to see that kid get 30 minutes a night and just ball out. So um there's it's an interesting mix, right? Like you still have Clay, you still have Steph, you still have Dre. Kind of the, the thought process has got to be as long as Steph Curry is here, we got a shot. That's what they're but I think they're putting too much on Steve Curry. What what is he gonna do with Chris Paul? It's nothing like with how this team plays. I know. Yeah, and Paul did not look like himself last year. Like he, the numbers were down. He's lost a step. Like you said, he's almost thirty-nine years old. Uh, 
I'm not sure. He'll be a great bench guy. He'll be a great locker room guy. Maybe he'll be, maybe he'll come off the bench. I don't know. I don't know what, what they're going to do with Paul, but uh, I, I just hope Steph has a big year. Yeah. Joe, I, I don't like, I don't like the way the team is built, but I always feel like Steve Kerr figures out a way to make it, to make it happen. I think they're going to trade Chris Paul. Really? Now, I, I, I thought that, too, initially when, you know, Drew Holiday was still out there. I thought that was the move. I was like, if you're Golden State, like, why are you not grabbing Drew Holiday right this second? And then, obviously, they got a pretty big offer from Boston, too. So, um, but, yeah, to your point, like, there's just no depth on this team. Like, Kaminga has to hit if this team is going to be successful. Moses Moody's still kind of a question mark. Gary Payton is, is very unhealthy, right? He's been struggling the last mm-hmm. couple of years just getting on the court. Um, they added Corey Joseph. Come on, right? Dario Saric. Like, these are not legit playoff pieces. So, no, um, Joseph, is seven wow. players deep, and I just don't see it. Yeah, nah. This, they can they win the championship again this year? No, no, absolutely. Not. <laughs> absolutely Very not. low optimism for the Golden State Warriors. Forty-seven and a half. Like I said, there's no reason to really win forty-seven games. They can right. be the sixth seed, and if they go on the run, they'll go on the run. I don't see it this year. Looks like uh, that Dub Dynasty may have come to an end. The Lakers, uh, Joe, had that fantastic run down the stretch last year. Took it all the way to the conference championship game. What are we looking at? Year 20, year 21 for the King. Yeah, year 20. 47 and a half is the win total. Brought in the new pieces, Rui and everybody last year. What do you think about the Lakers and their fantasy assets going into the season? Honestly, I think the Lakers are a little bit better built uh, for the playoffs than the Warriors are. Uh, they have a ton of depth, uh, added a couple good rookies. Um, trying to think LeBron is what 39 years old now. And he's probably going to go out there and play 70 games and put up 25, eight and eight. Like I saw him, there's a, a video of him a couple of days ago in camp and he's still just dunking, just looking just incredible. Right. And he said himself, his foot is healthy for the first time in two years. Like LeBron is healthy again. Anthony Davis looks good. Um, it's a matter of how many games Anthony Davis plays. That's going to tell yeah. us everything. Um, the last two years I've drafted Anthony Davis and he's burned me, but here we are again, you know, <laughs> ADP. um, does he play more than 65 games? If he does, then he's going to be a steal at his ADP, yeah. but I just don't think it's going to happen. We'll have to see. No doubt. Yeah. Doc- I mean, Austin Reeves obviously is kind of like the wild card. He looked yeah. really good late last year. Um, they may take the ball out of D'Lo's hands to give it to Reeves a little more. So he's very interesting. And then, who do they start? Is it Rui or Vanderbilt? I'm curious to hear what you guys think, but I think Vanderbilt's the better option, but we'll see. It's interesting. I would put a Lee and Rui, but Vanderbilt is interesting. Uh, you can get that question too, Doc, but I, that 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 foot that uh, Jonas mentioned on LeBron James, he hurt that foot against the Atlanta Hawks a couple years ago. And and, it's, and guess he did say it hasn't been right since, but it feels good coming into this year about that foot. What do you think of the Lakers, uh, Braun, Vanderbilt, Rui? What's going on with the Lake Show? And is there any sleepers on the Lakers? Well, there are there are sleepers on the Lakers. Uh, my guy Christian Wood is in La La Land. Jackson Hayes is there. Both those guys are going to back up Anthony Davis. Both of them can play power forward. Uh, you got Tarian Prince sitting on the bench. You got Cam Reddish over there. Uh, all those guys are. are our players cam reddish so i i don't know they're gonna uh it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with vanderbilt and rui hachimura one of them is gonna start probably 
I like Vanderbilt as a starter there. Uh, Anthony Davis, it's funny, Jonas drafted him the last two years and Davis burned him. I drafted Davis like 10 years ago with the fourth pick. He burned me. Uh, I've never not been burned by Anthony Davis. And <laughs> when we were all at Roto World together, Jonas and I, we actually, there was, we actually, someone actually like got into the system and counted how many times we used the word locker room uh when referring to anthony davis and it was some extraordinary number like <laughs> over 150 times that that the word locker room was was written in his blurb because he went he goes to the locker room like twice a game to get looked at so uh you know there's a lot of talk about guys like zion williamson and anthony anthony davis are going to play you know 80 games this year i'm not buying any of that these guys are who we think they are and it's the same thing every year i just uh, shout out to Christian Wood. I hope the the Lakers let him play a little bit. And if Anthony Davis is in the locker room twice a game, Wood's going to be out there playing. So until he goes to the locker room, <laughs> so it's probably ain't going to end up happening. You know, you talk about this like this the the locker room thing with Anthony Davis and street clothes and all of that stuff. It kind of is one of those things that sticks with you. But like you said, you can hit a massive home run if he does uh, give you those those games played. What do you think if we who would who do you think would play if we were to take a poll of games played? Mm-hmm. Zion, Ben Simmons, Anthony Davis. Man, I think Anthony Davis actually wins that somehow. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> battle, battle of attrition, literally. Yeah. Uh but we put Kyrie Irving in there too for what he take his 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 mental breaks. Uh, Kyrie's Man. good. Kyrie's good. He's good for eighty this year. Uh, I'm going to go with Anthony Davis also. If I had to, if I had to bet on who, which of those three guys would play the most games, I think I'd go with AD. Even that's though that's, that sounds that's crazy. He said, by the way, Anthony Davis said by the way that he wants to play all eighty two games this year. And I looked it up. It's actually funny. He said the same thing last year. Exact same <laughs> thing last year. Wasn't it like forty seven games last year? The exact same day, right? The <laughs> Lakers. So, yeah, it was on media day. And the Lakers are like, yeah, he's he's healthy, man. He's going to play all 82. That's his goal. How many games did he play last year? It was like 47 to 52, <laughs> somewhere in that range. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Oh, Shout out to Anthony Davis with his media day predictions. All right, so they're telling me, odds makers, that the second best team in the NBA's Western Conference, the NBA's premier conference, is the Phoenix Suns. You know, they say it's the Denver Nuggets, it's the Phoenix Suns are the two best teams in this, in this in this conference. Obviously, we know Phoenix retooled, went out and brought in um, Bradley Beal. They made that trade for Kevin Durant. Devin Booker has been a mainstay. Got Eric Gordon up off the scrap heap. Joseph Nurtrick, excuse me, comes in. My man Grayson Allen still getting an NBA check. Bo Bowl. How about that? Bo Bowl, Joe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Joe, I don't think this is a team that even makes it to the Western Conference Finals. I don't really? think Bradley Beal is the player that he was. And I just don't think that Kevin Durant can carry this group, you know, past the top of the West. I think they'll get bumped in the second round. I mean, I have them comfortably at number two right now, you know, behind Denver, obviously. Uh, but I get it, right? The chances of all of these guys making it to the playoffs healthy are very, very slim, right? Kevin Durant hasn't been able to play more than 55 games in like what, three or four years Misses ever time since every year. injury. Mm-hmm. And now he's expected to carry this ragtag group of players. I just don't see it. 
you traded DeAndre Ayton for a somehow worse center and Yusuf Nurkic, right? Now, <laughs> back in the day, Nurkic was really good when he was able to walk, right? This dude has had so many injuries. He cannot move. He might as well he just had be a bad a leg break, right? Yeah. They're, they're talking about how bad Aiton was in the pick and roll defense. Look at Nurkic, man. He just stands there like this is going to be rough. Um, so for that reason, by the way, quick take, Drew Eubanks and Bull Bull are both somewhat interesting in deeper leagues because nice. Nurkic is bad. He has nothing left in the tank. Um, but yeah, like I said, if these guys don't make it to the playoffs healthy, and we know Beal has health risks, that leg, let leg issue, uh, Kevin Durant, like, I don't see it, man. There's no depth. There's no depth here. Yeah, Doc. I just like, when when they go and then they, and then they got rid of Monty Williams. Monty Williams changed the culture. Yeah. And you know, now they got the new owner who is doing all this. I mean, and I understand being innovative and stuff like that, Doc. But I'm like, the culture was with Monty Williams. I don't know if the culture is going to be uh, the same. I don't know either. I don't think anybody does. <laughs> I do know that Eric Gordon will play 13 minutes a game and hit three and a half three pointers per game because that's what he does, no matter where he is. No matter what scrap heap he is pulled off of, Eric Gordon's going to hit threes. Uh, the Nurkic Eubanks Bull Bull thing, I'm with I'm with Jonas. Like, who does not want to see Bull Bull play 25 minutes a game? Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. I want to see Bull Bull out there playing. And you know, Nurkic's leg might just be enough to do it. And another thing about DeAndre Ayton, as we pour one out for him on his career in Phoenix. Uh, I think Phoenix fans at the end of this coming season are going to be like, why did we hate DeAndre Ayton so much? Yeah. Like, yeah, he was pretty good looking back on him. But they, man, they just they wanted him out of there, and everybody was tired of him. I, the thing I do like about the Suns is you need Durant to have a, a bounce back. You need Durant to play in 65, 70 games. Uh, you need Booker to be Booker and do his thing. And then you need – you know, if those two guys are are handling all the heavy lifting, I like having Bradley Beal around as a complimentary player instead of being the alpha dog like he always was in Washington. Because I don't think that, I don't think he was very good in that role. But I think him playing kind of uh, in the background behind those yeah. guys could be a totally different player and could be really, really good. Uh, like he did with John Wall back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think as a complimentary piece, Beal's going to be a lot better uh, than he was as as the main cog. So uh, the the bench, this bench looks pretty bad. I don't I don't like I don't like a lot about it. Everybody's yeah. Nasir Little the wild card there, Doc. What do you don't you agree? I think Doc's a big Nasir Little fan as well. Like before he was you know injured nonstop. Like he's <laughs> a legit athlete, can hit the yeah. three a little bit, uh, can dunk from anywhere. So he's very very interesting if he's healthy. Yeah, I, I agree, uh, and it, it, I can't wait to see who the first uh, the first opponent that punches Grayson Allen in the face. I, I'm sure there's, <laughs> there's some sort of award out there, reward out there for that to happen. Uh, conspiracy theory here: uh, they brought Grayson Allen in for the playoffs. Uh, he's going to try and get the best player on the other team ejected. Right? <laughs> that's Grayson Allen's job. That's his only job. So that's what they brought him in for. Grayson, he can trip. He can trip somebody. Yeah. Um. Or put somebody. You know, Grayson Allen got a little edge to him. You know what I'm saying? I used to like to see him and Trey Young went at it a couple of times, mm -hmm. pushing and shoving. I being, you know, being that I kind of have a, you know, this relationship with the Memphis Grizzlies, 
for the, I, it caused me to kind of warm up to Grayson Allen. But now that he's gone, I'm like, that's the same guy from Duke. Um, what do you think, Joe, of Frank Vogel as a head coach? Um, I don't see him moving the needle much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who's like, the best head like, coach in this division? Is it Steve Kerr? No, I, I'm not a big Steve Kerr guy at all. Like, if you can't win with that Team USA roster, like, what are you doing, dude? You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like he's been carried by just these amazing rosters for the last decade, and it's just – I don't see it. But that's a tough question, though. I don't know. Who do you think, Doc? Who's best the best coach in this division? Yeah. In this division. I don't – there's no, there's no uh, fantasy categories for best coach. <laughs> Most I, wins. I, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll go with Steve Kerr just because I know he's going to throw the same guys out there every night and let them do what they want to do, and that's all I want in fantasy. I want, I want you to play the guys I need you to play every night, the same minutes. I want to know what's coming, and, and with Kerr, I feel like we always get that. I mean, uh, Mike Brown, man, after last, after last year, Mike Brown has a case, job. dude. That dude was running up and down the sideline at training camp practice. He brought some, some energy to that team. So, to me, Mike Brown's the hottest guy right now. So, best guy in the best asset, fantasy asset in the division is Steph, LeBron, KD. Yeah, KD, Kevin Durant. Steph and KD. Yep, I got him like six and seven, I think, in my ranks. Mm-hmm. And then you go, and then really it's everybody else after that right there. So, who wins the division? Phoenix, if Kevin Durant plays more than 60 games, Phoenix wins the division. Doc? I'm going to go sleeper. I'm going to go Kings. Okay. Ooh, I, like I like that. Huh? Go back. I, I like that. True. Go back to that. Uh, fantasy sleepers in the division where we got Keegan Murray. We got uh, who's of some fantasy sleepers in the division. Keegan, we mentioned. Bobo. We talked. Bobo. Oh, that's a good one right there. And we talked about um, Reeves and. um. Oh, what's the guy from the Lakers? Jared, Jared Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Yes. Yep. Malik Monk, very, very deep sleeper because he doesn't do much on the defensive end, but he's still somewhat relevant. Yeah. Um, Drew Eubanks, Nasir Little, if they want a rotation spot, there's someone interesting. Um, on the Clippers, Terrence Mann, depending on where he goes in that James Harden trade, he could be flipped to a third team. That's something yep. we didn't mention. Yeah. Hmm. Terrence Harden. I mean, Terrence Mann would definitely – if James Harden does work his way to the Clippers, I believe Terrence Mann and Norman Powell would probably be somebody – Yeah would likely be in the trade too so that'd be interesting to see if, if they end up in, in new locations if, if jonathan kuminga gets minutes there yes, you go it's happening it's coming all right there you go like Deion sanders be coming <laughs> you know what i'm saying jonathan kuminga all right so that little qr code right there on the screen that takes you to our contrarian edge optimizer um that's a way that you can win money in daily fantasy sports now that contrarian edge right there right that optimizer it'll take you to a landing page you hit that qr code where you get a seven-day test drive for $1. Forget the test drive. I'm telling you now, it's a good product. Go ahead and sign up. And don't forget rankings, fantasy basketball, baseball, football, whatever you got it, we got it covered fantasy-wise over there at sportstopia.io. Not sure if you know this or knew this already, but the site is live, content, rankings, everything you need to be a successful fantasy basketball manager right there, sportstopia.io. Don't forget, content right here is free, so hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, and then, Doc, take us up. Hey, I uh, we post, we're we posting uh, points rankings. There are cat, uh, nine cat rankings, and I did tiers last night for, uh, for point guards, shooting guards, small forwards, power forwards, and centers. Tiers are up. It's all there at sportstopia.io, so check it out. Jonas, you got anything you want to add? 
Yep, I got two more articles coming this week. I mean, we're just pumping out a ton of content and it's uh, readily available. Uh, the optimizer is a great price. Most of our content is free. You guys got to check out Sportstopia. This, I'm really excited about the product uh, and I can't wait to keep working with you guys. The there optimizer, go, dude, it's, it's as they it's say, legit. money. It is legit. It, it's, it's the best one out there. All right, so there you go for Jonas Nader and my good brother, Dr. A. Stephen Alexander, Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. We'll holler at you next time. Fantasy Fire and Ice NBA edition. Mm -hmm.